Friday morning, another Shabbos has come around. Uh, we are uh, very excited to be here. This is Naomi Nachman, and my show is Table for Two on the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. Uh, we've got a really great action-packed show today, and I've got so much great information to share with you. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Naomi Nachman, and I'm about all the food all the time. I love food. I love to shop for it, cook it, eat at restaurants, anything food-related. I'm a kosher personal chef. My business is called the Aussie Gourmet, and I also give cooking classes. I cater for people for Shabbat, Yontov, Pesach, Rosh Hashanah. I know that's coming up soon. Um, Pesach, anytime you don't feel like cooking, just give me a call. I'll do it for you. Um, I hope you'll tune in every week and listen to some of my cooking adventures, my kosher food traveling, and sharing great food ideas and recipes each week. But I also like to hear from you as well. So, um, you know, if you have a great idea, want me to look up an ingredient, uh, do some invest food investigations for you, um, send me an email to Naomi at NahumSiegel.com. You can join my fan page on Facebook, The Aussie Gourmet. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, or jo- join my newsletter on my website, TheAussieGourmet.com. Uh, I am joined in the studio by uh, the engineer, Dejour, uh, David Neckin, and uh, he keeps the show running and keeps me on track and gets us uh, through our shows. Sometimes we get to eat and drink and have a lot of fun together. Thank you, David, for making the show run so well. Um, and I'd like to hear some experiences with you. So just, you know, if you, as I always say, if you eat it, share it. Um, so I'm going to put this out there. I'm going to be in Florida next week. Super excited. The 20th anniversary is coming up, August 1st, but it was on the Hebrew one was on Tulba Up, so that was uh, really nice. Um, so uh, we're going to go to Florida to celebrate. It's easy to go out to eat there and, and go to shul there, and it's gorgeous weather. I hear it's going to be super hot, but that's okay with me. Um, my mum's going to come too, and I, I told my mum it rains a lot in Florida in the summer, so packing, got to pack some ponchos. And I would like to hear from everyone in the Florida area, where should we go to eat? So if you can let me know at Naomi at NahumSiegel.com or send me a Facebook message, I would love to hear what your favorite restaurant is and at that restaurant what you ordered, if that was good too, like, you know, what you loved. I don't want to hear what you didn't like. I only want to hear what you liked. So uh, send me an email. I'd love to hear. Um, I'll be in Orlando. I will be hitting that kosher food truck. Yum, yum, yum. Love it. It is the best, best food uh, in the I think um, I don't want to, it's not Southern Florida. I know that mid Florida region. Um, yeah, so uh, we're going to hit that kosher food truck uh, as well. So, but if I'm going to be in Boca, based in Boca at my my friend's house, so uh, we'll be there for a couple of days. So please let me know where I should be eating. Uh, thanks for sharing in advance. Um, so we've got a really exciting show today. Um, we've got a couple of guests. So my first guest is actually the winner of the Yeshiva University Champions Gate Cholent Cook-Off. Her name is Judy Goldrich. She's joining us from her home uh, in New Jersey. Hello, Judy. Hello. Good morning, Naomi. Hi. Thank you so much for joining me on this era of Shabbos. You're probably putting up your own Cholent now. It's my pleasure. Always time to take uh, a few minutes to talk about Cholent, even if you're making Cholent. That's hilarious. I, I, I want to hear all about it. Talk to me. What, what goes on? How does it all start off? 
Well, it's, um, it's very interesting. This is actually the second year that I've um, actually won the Cholent Very nice. You're like a true solid Cholent. That wasn't <laughs> no flute last time. You backed it up this year. Well, I was the defending champion. I originally actually wasn't even going to enter the competition this year because um, the night prior to the competition, I had flown up to New York to attend a wedding, a lovely event, and I was flying back in, leaving uh, from New Jersey at 4 a.m., and I thought I would miss the competition, you know, the time that uh, all the contestants are doing the preparation. Okay, which is what time on, on, on a Friday morning? Uh, so let's see. They start off with the prep. at somewhere, I think it's somewhere around 8.30 or so. Okay. And um, my flight wasn't getting in from New York until about uh, 9.30 or so. Okay. But in the end, I did decide to enter. I had spoken with the YU folks. They were very gracious, and they have all the ingredients, <clears throat> excuse me, prepared for you, okay. meaning they have a table laid out with everything that you've requested, and um, then it's simply your job to just show up and start the cooking. So uh, that's what happens, and uh, normally, as I had done last year, you're in a room in the hotel in the lobby area with okay. about uh, six or eight other contestants, okay. and everybody's kind of looking up over everybody else's shoulder and, you know, peeking a little bit to see what everybody puts <laughs> no in. No cheating now. But it's now. a lot of fun. It really is. That's so cool. Wow. So, like... um. What kind of special ingredients can you share with that with us that you so, put in your challenge? Yeah, so that's very interesting because um, the folks at the hotel, everyone who found out that I won, if they would see me in the elevator or wherever it was, they would say, so what's your secret ingredient? What exactly is it? And I think I disappointed them by saying, you know, I don't have a gimmick. I don't have like a shtick type of ingredient. I just make a very traditional, you know, very basic um, flavorful cholent, and it seems to keep people happy. The judges in the competition were essentially the 400 um, participants at the conference. You had to make enough cholent for 400 people. Well, no, no, it doesn't, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't exactly happen that way. You have a, a crock pot for crock pot? what you're making. Each of the contestants has yeah, uh, his or her own Yeah, walk us through that process Friday morning. So you're right, you're putting you're it prepping up your vegetables, Friday morning. Your flanken, your potatoes, your spices. Right, right. So I put in um, I put in potatoes. Mm -hmm. I put in some sweet potatoes also. Oh, nice! It gives it a nice little flavor. Um, I put in garlic. I put in oil. Um, oil. I put in a bit of water. Um, some of the other contestants, you know, were doing some very unique and creative things. They were putting in turkey legs. They were putting in uh, kishka. They were putting in uh, Asian Yeah, seasonings. Daniel Gordon, he's one of the hosts of the stunt show on the Nakam Siegel Network. I believe he came in second, so a big congratulations to him too. But he told me he made like an Asian challenge. Asian. So that was, <gasps> I had heard about it, and it sounded very unique and yeah. very different. Um, I've also heard one of the contestants, I think, put in rice and portobello mushrooms. Oh. Um, but I don't do any of those things. As I said, I just stick to the basics, and it seems to be that, uh, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, basic and simple is best. Yeah, absolutely. And, and do you like beans or barley or both? What, so what's your I do put in barley. Um, I do put in barley, but I don't put in any beans, and I think I stopped putting in beans a couple of years ago when a few people were saying they didn't prefer beans and cholent at home. So I just kind of eliminated it from my repertoire. I don't even miss it now. Oh, that's so funny. Okay. Yeah. And um, I do put in um, beef, 
and uh, the you know the caterer at the hotel for our YU conference was very gracious. They supplied all the beef you could use. Okay, what and, kind of cut um, of meat was it? I think it might have been chuck, but honestly, I'm not sure. And I'm not fussy when it comes to cuts of meat. Some people, I think, are very particular um, in terms of what cut they put in. I find that after 24 hours of cooking, it really doesn't matter. Right, it braises low and slow. Yeah. I think so. Chalent, somebody once told me this, and I, you know, maybe I have Jesse Blonder here. I'm going to introduce Jesse. Hi, Jesse. Jesse Blonder is the director, co-owner. <laughs> Am I getting all the yeah, titles right? You got it. Of Hi, the, Kosher Culinary School in Brooklyn. It's otherwise known as CKCA. Correct. That's um, right. And and he's the director. And he's, you know, a huge foodie himself. So, right. um, you know, what talk to us about the meats? Well, I think what's most traditional is some cut of flanken. Right. I uh, use flanken. Flanken, also, you know, also known as short rib, which has a lot of fat. And I yeah. think that's probably why it's preferred. Traditionally, it was very inexpensive. It was a cut of meat that was accessible to people in the old country, right. I think. Right, but now it's very expensive. Now it's expensive, <laughs> right? Now now it's in high demand, and you see it on the plates of a lot of very uh, sophisticated restaurants right. in many forms. So I think that was traditionally what was used. But basically, you want something that can uh, hold up to a long cooking time and right. has a lot of fat and flavor. Right. So chuck would work, which you mentioned. Right. And, um, and, and, and short rib or flanken would work. Um, any other... Cut from Judy, the what shoulder. do you use at home? At home, I actually very often will use chuck. Chuck, yeah. okay. Chuck, and and there's many different types of cuts that would come from from chuck, chuck. or okay. the shoulder. So it could be, you know, it could work many different ways depending on what you choose. I'm a big fan of flanken in my chocolate. The yeah, bones also just add lots and lots of yes. flavor. My grandma was a big fan of the using bones. the bones. My parents in Australia, they can, you can get smoked beef bones, and they put that in their chocolate. And my mother, who's just arrived from Australia last night. Okay. She makes the best chalent. <laughs> ah. Except for you, Judy. I haven't had your chalent. But well, that's up, okay. un- up until now, my, because she puts in smoked bones, it adds a really nice flavor um, into the chalent. Um, someone once told me this, and maybe you two know, um, that chalent comes from the word cassoulet, which is a French like word for cooking beans low and slow. I've heard some variation of that story. That the, that the word is derived from the same, I don't know, same same word or, or some, some some of the same language. I'm trying to think how cassoulet. my grandmother from Poland and her Hevra <laughs> got the word cassoulet all the way over from France. But right. all I Facebook. had actually heard that it also came from a French term because it was from chaud, zant, which was hot and slow. Oh, there you sense. go. Yeah. So maybe that had some relationship yeah. to it. I and, don't know. And, of course, Sephardi have their own name for it. They call it the Hamin. Ha- Hamin, right? So I'm and, not sure where that came from. And they put in, they put in, well, Ham means hot. Right. So I don't know. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> and they put in boiled eggs or something, right? Judy, do you know about that? Or I've, I've seen uh, Hamin where they do have a whole egg in the shell tossed right into the chalent. Do, do they put that in raw or cooked? Yes, yes, I think they put it in raw, and then the heat from the cooking of the chalent actually... Cooks the eggs, and the eggs are brown. The eggs, when you peel them, are brown, I think. Right. Oh, okay, cool. All right, very nice. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all this, and a big muzzle top. Oh, thank you so much. That is so I cool. What did, what did you get as a prize? So, <laughs> so well, the prizes were pot? wonderful. Um, they were similar to prizes from last year. Okay. Um, it was... YU insignia um, items. So I got T-shirts that say YU. Okay. I got 
sweatshirts that say YU. <laughs> I got a football that says, says YU. YU. I got a baseball cap. They that went says, through their memorabilia office. And, yeah. Do you, you know, just a quick word about the conference because I'm not so familiar with it. Is it, um, it's for leadership. Do you have a leadership role in your career? Are you? Well, I am a community leader. I was a former president of our shul okay. a few years back. Um, my husband also is a community leader in our shul. And um, basically the idea behind this conference is they try to get leaders from shul and um, school and other uh, organizational entities from communities together to share ideas so that people who find out that Community A has a certain challenge, well, you know, maybe the solution that Community C has been using might work in Community A and vice versa. Um, and we also hear from uh, lots of, you know, notable personalities, um, various teachers and rabbeim at Yeshiva University who give shiurim and classes and lectures. And it becomes a whole Shabbaton kind of atmosphere where there's learning and skill-taking and um, socializing that goes on. It's Very really nice. wonderful. It sounds amazing. I know the whole, most of the Nachum Siegel Network crew was down there. I know Nachum Siegel ran some shows down there, and the stunt show was down there last Friday in my time slot. Um, Mark Zomik uh, did the stunt show, and there was a couple of, uh, Daniel Gordon also was down there, um, and, of course, Miriam Wallach, um, manager of this great network. Um, so, uh I know they were down there also, so uh, enjoying and learning as well. Yes, it's really wonderful. And in terms of the contestants for the um, Cholent competition, I think there were six cities that entered. Okay, yeah. Um, what, who? So I think the ones that I remember, I, I'm sure I'm missing a few, but I think that Riverdale entered, okay. Teaneck, uh, my, my town, East Brunswick, New Jersey, which is a small town, but... Uh, you know, growing, yep. and uh, Edison, New Jersey, which is right next door to us. New Jersey. And Washington, D.C., and a couple of others, I don't okay. recall. Nice, very nice. Okay, so this is really wonderful. Thank you so much. You get back to your children. I'm going to go home and put up mine. Okay, have a good Shabbos. Okay, good Shabbos, and thank you so much for sharing with us. Oh, you're most welcome. All right, take care. Take care. Okay, that was Judy Goldrich, winner of the cook-off at the... Uh, Chambers Gate Yeshiva University uh, collaboration of leadership uh, seminar. That sounds amazing. Um, I've got with me Jesse Blunder in the studio. Jesse's going to just stick around with us. Absolutely. Um, so before you know, before we uh, Jesse and I start our big schmooze, um, I have a Yosef Silver. He's actually got to get to work on a Friday morning, um, and he's going to talk to us. He, um, is Yosef there? Is Yosef? Okay. Yes, how are you doing? Oh, hi. Okay, so let me just give a little, little bit, a bit, a bio um, about you, Yosef. You are from Kansas City. You are in Kansas City right now, but you were born in England and lived in Israel. He's a food blogger and author of the amazing website, This American Bite. Um, he's a passionate food writer. He takes gorgeous photographs, and he lives with his wife and two kids in Overland Park, Kansas. Um some, sorry, tongue-tied there, sorry, some of Yosef, a lot of S's there. Um, uh, he's, they're all kosher, but they're also vegetarian, vegan, um, and he's even uh, got some recognition from the kosher blogging community about uh, his fresh approach to kosher living in the Midwest. And some of the recipes on his blog, I'm just going to share them with everyone because you're going to hear this in your mouth will drill. Grilled avocado hummus. Smoked duck la orange. I hope I'm pronouncing that like nice and sophisticated. <laughs> Tricolor barbecue beef sushi. Doesn't that sound amazing? 
tea-smoked turkey breast, sun-dried tomato and spinach burger, home home pickled eggs. Um, I, I could keep going on and on. So I just hear everybody. Please listen up. We've got Yosef Silva. How are you? Hey, I'm, I'm good. It's a pleasure to be back on the show. Yes, yeah, you were one of our first guests when I first started off. Yeah. Back yeah. in February, uh, we met at the... Uh, kosher food, the and wine. food and wine experience. Yeah, we're all hanging out, a whole gang of us, and uh, we got to know each other, and I've had you on my show, and I've become a huge fan of your um, website. Well, thank you. Okay, so, um, Yosef, besides wearing many hats, father, husband, food blogger, uh, now I can call him competitor in the... <laughs> that <laughs> right? is true. All right, so can you tell us about you're going to be competing, and you're also one of the organizers of the... Kansas City. Yeah, the Kansas City Kosher Barbecue Festival uh, is taking place on August 18. Mm -hmm. Um, It's our second annual event. Uh, Last year we were, we were, it was awesome. We had over 3,000 people show up to the festival. That's unbelievable. Um, It is, and and this year we actually have a Food Network star coming to be a guest judge. Oh, who's that? Who's coming? We have Simon Simon Majumda. He is a uh, he's often a judge on Iron Chef America. Oh, uh, he's a British guy, um, and he's writing a, blo- a book right now called Fed White and Blue. Um, uh-huh. He's traveling America, and he wants to experience all the culinary assets of America. Um, so he not only is he going to be uh, coming to my house for Shabbat dinner, uh, he's going to be judging our barbecue festival on the Sunday. Oh, that's great! You can butter butter him up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Butter the milk um, a bit. Yeah. And then um, I've actually, last year I was one of the judges, and I uh, have been helping with some of the pre-event logistics. This year I actually have a team, and I'm going to be competing uh, in the event. So I'm, I'm super excited. Okay. Uh, we've been doing a lot of barbecue at home to practice. Okay, yum, yum. So even though you write heaps of barbecue recipes, uh, vegetarian recipes, you're not actually a vegetarian. Oh, no. And I do apologize to all my vegan and vegetarian readers. I did dedicate the month of July to barbecue, <laughs> to, barbecue. to sort of get that practice going and get the excitement going. I've been talking um, about The smoked duck orange was on the smoker and the barbecue beef for that sushi that was also on the smoker. So <laughs> it's, it's a really versatile piece of equipment. I love it. Oh, I wish I knew how to use it. Uh, I, I don't have you. one. <laughs> okay. I'm coming. I really want to come to the, sh- to the show. We're still working on that. So... We'll it's definitely. August 18. There's uh, there's uh, there's always a last minute Southwest deal or something. So yeah, yeah. Well, I, I keep look. I keep I keep looking. You know, we had Mendel Siegel from the Vard of Kashrus from Kansas, and um, he he and I were talking about you know uh, looking out for deals and coming for Shabbos and bringing the family at the end of the summer looking for something to do. Um, so that would be like a really great vacation for the family, seeing a different part of the United States. It'll be, it's a great it's a great place it's a it's a fun place and uh, it's a fun weekend the barbecue festival is is great now do you have different categories like I know I was involved in the Long Island barbecue competition so I was one of the judges for the booths and the names of the booths do you have all that yes so we are actually sanctioned by the Kansas City barbecue society which is an international society that regulates all the barbecue festivals around the world um, so we're a competition series event um, they have two categories. I don't remember the other category, but the reason we are the lower one is because we can't do the, the pork and the, oh, the non-kosher really? meat. Right, right. Um, but we have the brisket round, we have the ribs, we have the chicken, and we may be doing a pulled barbecue round as well. And I, I forget. A pulled um, barbecue round? What, what do you mean by that? Pulled, like... pulled barbecue beef, like oh, the okay. shredded barbecue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Which I have 
actually a recipe for on my site. Um, okay, yeah. That sushi, that sushi was made with just a regular barbecue that I pulled apart and stuffed inside the sushi. So, wow. Um, wow. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so my, uh, my, my teammate is actually a friend of mine from Northern California. His name is Chris, and he isn't Jewish. Uh, he writes a blog called The Epicurean Pig. Oh, I've and, seen uh, that. I've seen that blog. Yeah. So uh, we've become great friends through food. His wife and my wife were in college together, and, and we've connected just really through food. Um, food brings everyone very, together. <laughs> absolutely. And uh, we're very grateful to Cole Foods for sponsoring our team. Um, Cole Foods are already putting the name behind us and, and yeah. letting us compete at the event and represent them. And it's going to be a, be a really fun you know, it's, it's really a, a 24-hour event. We, we do the prep on a Thursday night before Shabbat, and then as soon as Shabbat is out, we're going to be heading out to the field to, uh, to prep and get the food ready. Where is it located? Because at noon the next day. Where is it Sorry? located? Where is it located? It's located in, it's located in Overland Park um, like in, in, in the parking lot of one of our – yeah, in a big parking lot okay, of one that's of the shoals. Like the Long Island barbecue also was in the shore parking lot. And yeah. That was and, good. Um, What's the atmosphere through the night on the Saturday night is, is unreal. Uh, last year, people bought PlayStation and kegs of beer, and people are playing cards and hanging out and smoking the meat. Um, and it's all night. There's no going home that night. You've got to be you on top of it all. You and need a good Shabbos schluff in the afternoon to keep yeah, you going. Yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> a bit of no joes. You can have a nice big cup of coffee for Charlotte Shitters, something I would never do because <laughs> I would literally be up all night. Right. So that's what you need. Um, so tell me, what is the name of your booth? We are combining this American bite and the Epicurean pig. We are Team Epicurean bite. Okay, okay, that's cool. Because yep. you know yep. you might not want to have pig in the kosher barbecue competition. Exactly. Okay, exactly. cool. And and what secret ingredient can you share with us? I'm all about the secret oh, ingredient. You know, we've been doing a lot of practicing. Um, I want to get the flavors right because this isn't like a. You know, it's not a dinner party. It's a barbecue festival. And it's, um, it's a competition, man. You want that crown, that trophy. Right. So um, I've been practicing a lot. On Friday night this week, we had a chicken that I smoked in a fig and garlic jam. Um, it was very sweet, but I'm not sure if it's the direction for the barbecue. Mm -hmm. um, I've been experimenting a lot with, like, a wet rub on chicken and dry rubs, and we had amazing ribs the other week uh, with a barbecue rub I made. Um, I'm still in that trial and error practice stage. Okay, great. You got it. You got about two and a, two and a bit weeks to go. Right, and a freezer full of meat. And a freezer full of meat. Fantastic. Um, do you need me to come out and help sample anything? I'd be very happy to fly out after I. I can go from Florida to Kansas and you know help you taste food. You are always welcome. We have space <laughs> for the whole family. Okay, okay. Yeah, don't don't tease us. We actually might show up. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. We would love that. Um, and I, I read your article on the blog about five things hummingbirds taught me about competitive barbecue. If you haven't uh, gone onto Yosef's website, go on and read that article. I thought it was really brilliantly written. Thank you. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a. You know, I, I talk a lot, but I cannot write. I find writing a really not an easy thing for me to do. So you know, you just made it seem so easy and parables and analogies and whatever it was great. Thank you very much. Okay, anything else you want to share with us? Um, well, I, uh, if anyone has any questions about the barbecue festival, um, sure. the website for that is uh, kckosherbarbecue.com. Okay. Um, and one thing that uh, Chris and I are trying to do by competing in the event um, is there's a local charity here in Kansas City called Boys Grow, and what they do is they are trying to 
take inner city kids and teach them the, the, the way of the land and how to farm and then how to build a business from the stuff they farmed um, to get these kids out of sort of the inner city poverty. Um, so we are trying to raise awareness for Boys Grow um, as part of our efforts in competing in this, in this competition. Um, they're a Kansas City-based charity, and they have their roots in Northern California, so it's a nice fit for Chris and I as well. Um, but they're just, you know, um, we wanted to think outside the box and see how we could have a great time competing, but also try and raise some awareness. Um, so uh, we are sort of making them our preferred charity for our team. Um, and you can Google them. It's called Boys Grow, Boys Grow Kansas, and uh, they're, they're doing some great work. Lovely. It's nice that, you know, we can uh, support charities as well by having fun at the same time and helping another organization, you know, uh, with charity and, and, and helping them continue to do what they do best also. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, your wife also has a – let's give a shout-out to her blog. She has an amazing blog also. Yes. Uh, my wife uh, blogs at thisamericanmama.com. I like the family theme um, there. Yeah. yeah, there we go. So uh, great. Keep it in the family. Great. So uh, everyone will check them out. Really good luck, Yosef. I want to hear about it afterwards. I know that people Absolutely. will check it out Hopefully on your blog. And uh, if anyone has any questions, you can find me on Twitter at YSilva or uh, thisamericanbite.com, and I'm happy to ask any, answer any questions about barbecue or any questions about Jewish life in Kansas City. If anyone wants to come out to the event, um, reach out. We'll make it happen. Okay. That sounds wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on. Have a great Shabbos. You too. Shabbat shalom. All right. Good luck. Take care. Okay, thank you very much, Yosef Silva from This American Bite. He's a competitor in the Kansas City Barbecue Competition. We have been talking, I think, for the last two, three months about um, all this uh, barbecue competitions. We've had the Long Island one. We've had even Nachum Siegel had a – the Nachum Siegel Network had our own competition, right? We had it at, with Jesse. Right. We oh, had yes. it at the yeah. Culinary Institute. In, that was uh, a hoot. <laughs> that was so much fun. I don't think I ever laughed so hard in my life. We were judges together. Yeah. And uh, that was a great – that was put on – Daniel Gordon, host of the stunt show. He's put, part of the stunt show, he, right. He uh, did it as one of his stunts, so to speak. <laughs> I don't know what else to call it. It was a stunt. Um, and uh, we had a great time. Uh, Shifa Klein was also judged. I had yes. her on a few weeks ago. We were talking about – about how much fun that was. Yes. But let's talk to you now. We yes. we we he sat patiently with us uh, while we spoke to uh, our uh, Chollet winner Judy Goldrich and uh, Yosef Silva. So now the spotlight's on us. Yeah. On you. I guess I guess competition is the theme, right? We're yeah. Chollet competition. You know, I didn't realize that when I was preparing for the show, and then I'm driving yeah. here this morning, and I'm like, we got a lot of competition things going on. <laughs> I think I think that there's a lot of people in the community. I think that are naturally competitive. Right. And actually one of our most popular classes and one of our most popular options as a private party is this thing we do called couples competition. Right, yeah. T can you tell me more about that? And then we'll talk about the history and, yeah, and sure. the and the uh, classes and what's coming up next for the kosher culinary. So we have this okay. th we have this class. It's called Date Night. And we do one version where we do a, a menu, a five-course meal, and we teach the participants who come as couples um, – how to prepare the menu. Is it demo or is it hands-on? It's hands-on. Okay. But then we have the other version, which is date night couples competition, mm -hmm. which is when <laughs> couples come, work together, and compete against other couples in a, what I would call a chopped-style competition, okay. like the show Chopped on the Food Network. Okay, sure. You get a basket of ingredients that you don't know what they are, 
and you have a certain amount of time to prepare an entree with those ingredients. And we change the ingredients every week. We try to throw something in there that's a little bit of a curveball. How often do you do this? Well, we do this. Right now, we do it about twice a month. Okay. We have one coming up uh, in Brooklyn next week, and we also have one in the city. We run classes out of Ramaz Middle School in the summer. Yeah, I saw that on the website. That's really great. That's Only right. in the summertime. Though. Only in the summer because they don't use their kitchens. But it's great. We run all kinds of programming, and we have that coming up. And then in the winter, we do it almost every Motsi Shabbos. So it's a great thing to do. On, literally of, as a date. <laughs> as a date. Right, so we get couples, we get anniversaries. I had somebody propose to his fiance. I'm going to cry. He proposed to his girlfriend at one. Um, we have all kinds of different age groups. Different, you don't have you know, couples competing against each other. You mean man versus wife? or Husband versus husband wife, wife, yeah. Um, not yet, but that could be interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my <laughs> husband would say there's no one competing because I didn't know how to cook. <laughs> right, right. And sometimes it's interesting because sometimes you see – uh, the wife is the more dominant cook, but sometimes you see that the husband, husband is the yeah. more dominant I've got, cook. I've got some friends, husbands, who really are amazing yeah, There's cooks. a lot of guys who, who really love to cook. Right, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, you, we saw at the uh, Nakam Siegel Network chopped competition. Yes. Those four guys, the four competitors were um, Matas Weingart and right. um, Mark Zomig and uh, Eli, Gordon. Uh, Daniel Gordon, the winner himself, the winner. and uh, Ellie Hagler. Right. They knew what they were doing. Now we're wielding those knives like... You yeah. know, Iron Chefs. They each had at least something that they were proud of and uh, that they that they thought if they made it and they did it well that it could win. Yeah. And I tasted some good food. There was some outrageous stuff going on as yeah. well. But None of them can cook couscous. Uh, that's, that, that's yes. Yeah. Couscous was one of the ingredients. And but it's, that, that's hard, you, cause especially when you're under a time I, you pressure, know, you know, to get that right. Yeah. It's one of those ingredients like, like let's say, fish that's really easy to mess up. But once you know what to do, it's, it's actually yeah, pretty simple. I love but people, they try to put too much into it. That's right, the thing. Right, right. It's one of those things that just don't screw it up and it'll be great. Right, right. Okay. All right. So, you know, they live and learn. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we're there for. We're here That's to teach right, people. That's right, to teach. Yeah. So let's talking about teaching. Okay. Okay. How, how long is – how old is this cooking school? How many years have you been doing it? Well, I guess it's been over five years Because you were there from the beginning? I, yeah, I'm one of the co-founders, and I'm one of the owners. I'm the managing director. And we started in October of 2007. So 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. You know, we're going – we're over five years so at this point. So when I start, I, I taught there yes, like one did. or two classes. That was the very beginning. That was the beginning. Before right. you had all these official courses, it was That's just right. recreational. That's right. Um. I remember I was very pregnant with my youngest daughter. <laughs> In fact, well, I Should we tell the story? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, well, I, th I think one time I couldn't go in because I wasn't feeling great. I, I think I was maybe – I thought I was in labor. Right. <laughs> and and um, I told Jesse, you know, everything – he had all the, my recipes all ready to go, and I'm like, right. I don't think I can come in. So he ended up teaching the right. class. I was on the train when I got the call, and I was very concerned. But we had a full group. I think it was like 14 ladies signed up, which is a big class. And I, and I showed up, and I grabbed your recipes. And I think my mother may have even been there with some Oh, friends. wow. It was oh. like prime spotlight. Right. We'll have to do a rerun of that. It's been six, five and a half years. Yeah. <laughs> and it went well. Okay. The recipes were great. Okay. Good. And you were a great it. teacher. So, you know, well, we're a good you. team. Good team. Good so team. it stopped, started five and a half years ago. So as you heard, that there were some recreational classes. But right. how, did you, how did it grow to be this massive? People are coming in from all over the country. That's right, all over the world. And basically what we found out shortly after we opened is that there were people who wanted to cook for a living. I mean, mm -hmm. there's already people who cook for a living, and there's 
all types of me. <laughs> right, exactly. But they had no uh, no outlet for professional training right. unless they wanted to go to a non-kosher school. Right. So after getting that feedback, we decided we're going to try to create a course that accommodates those people. And since that time, we developed the culinary program initially, and then we developed the pastry program. And now we're in the process of expanding everything that we do and bringing it kind of to the next level where okay. people may be even able to get um, an associate's degree or college credits. Right. I was going to ask you, did you have something with Queensborough, Kingsborough at Ki- one point? Initially, we had a, a relationship with Kingsborough Community College. They were a great partner. But unfortunately, um, it wasn't going to lead to the kinds of things we wanted to offer students, like right. financial aid and college credit. Right. So we, we went solo only a year after the partnership began. Okay. They're still friends of ours, but uh, we decided we could do this on our own for right. now. And so we did, and we have been. And you've been so successful. You know, a lot of people will call me up, you know, I want to be a personal chef. I, you know, where should I start? Should I right. go to Israel? I'm like, you don't have to go anywhere. You can go to Brooklyn. <laughs> Actually. Which is right near the subway. Like, it's right so conveniently train. located. Right. We're in Brooklyn. I know a lot of people think of Brooklyn as the old country. But no, no. It, it's actually, hopping. it's hopping, especially food. for food these days. Yeah. We've got great food. Um, it, and actually, we're, at, we're the only kosher cooking school in the world at this point. Unfortunately, there was one in Jerusalem, yeah, but it happened? recently closed. No. I don't know. I don't know. He, he closed? As far Chef as Landiassi. I know. Yes. Oh, I, I met him. He's a great guy, and great I'm not guy. sure what happened, but it's my understanding that they're no longer open, and I have some students who were there and that came to us. you. Oh, that's really sad. I remember when he first started, I was asked to host him at my house for a fundraiser, and right. he came and he did a mini demo. Yeah, he's was, a great chef. It was great. I mean, he trained with... Um, in Europe. In and Europe, and, and he's won awards. and right. you know, But, I, you know, it's, it's luck sometimes, and, you know. Yeah, it's a tough business. Yeah. Um, but we're happy to be at the helm now and, and to accommodate people from all over the world. We have people come from South America and Europe and Australia like you. Real, and, yeah. <laughs> and we have, and, and all over the country. And who, who else is um, – like you've got you got a lot of you got a whole team. You're, yeah. you're not just no, a teacher I, as well. Like no, I don't teach. Let's classes. talk about the team, the educational team. Okay, so I'm I'm the the direct the director. So I handle the administration and the business development. And then we have a great team of chefs. I have two full time chefs. One is Chef Abram Wiseman, Woo! who does our culinary yep. program and a lot of our recreational courses. And he's uh, a chef of thirty years. He taught previously at the Art Institute of New York. He has experience in kosher and not kosher. Formally, um, in the beginning of his career, he was even at the United Nations. Wow. As a chef. So he's <laughs> That's got very quite, impressive. quite a resume. Then we have our head pastry chef. His name is Chef Philippe Camerlet, and he's okay. from the Alsace region of France. Oh. He's a classically trained French pastry chef. He worked at Windows on the World and a lot of – That was on top of the World Trade Center. That's right. And he worked at a lot of very fine restaurants in New York City, also formerly of the Art Institute of New York. So everyone who teaches with us, not only do they have to be trained and experienced as a professional chef, but they have to have experience in education as well. Uh Uh, On being a teacher because you can't just get up. Just because you're a chef doesn't mean you can break it down and give it over to someone. Exactly, and vice versa. Just because you can teach, you need to have also the professional experience to give people practical guidance. Right, right. I I know I teach cooking classes uh, at a a, a summer camp. I just did a seven-year stint in uh, Camp Dina. Uh, I taught summer. And, you know, it's not just, you know, saying, here, girls, here's a recipe, go bake it. You, You need to give them foundations, fundamentals. 
Yeah. You know, I even like to give the history of a recipe. Like, there's a lot going into just going giving on. over to a recipe. And you can imagine it's hard, especially for hands-on classes. It's hard yeah. to get 12, 15, 20 people to do to execute something and do it well and do it in a time frame. So you right. really need somebody who has um, who, T- who, time a management. You need yeah. a leader, somebody who's able to manage time, and, and it's kind of like landing a plane. You know, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of a lot of things involved in cooking classes, and it's a it's a special type of person who's able to coordinate all the things involved. Wow. And, and and how many people can you have in your class? Because you're getting, you know, you have weak weak students and strong students, right. you know, different cooking skill levels, right. I, I should say. And and how do you, you know, like get that all done in in that time? Like when you have – you can't have 30 people in the class because well, you need a small class. Yeah. It's better for hands-on classes, specifically when you're training someone for – uh, vocational purposes, we like to cap it at 12 people. Right. For our recreational okay. programs, we can do, you know, I'd say up to 15. And then we also do large format events where I've done up to 50 people at a time. We often do competitions. We will break the group into teams and we'll show on people. On location? On location. We've worked with Yeshiva University. We've worked with NYU. We've worked with countless schools and organizations with the UJA. And we – that's one of our specialties is we d- design events that are culinary-themed. They can be fun. They can be educational. They can be team-building. I love the team-building and cooking. There's when a I, lot there. In yeah. camp with the girls, I always have them work in a partnership. They right. make fun of the way I say partner, take a partner, partner. Right. Um, <laughs> because, you know, they learn um, turn-taking and patience and – Working and just together. Working together is a huge, you know, not every adult works well together, no, unfortunately. Uh, not so it's at a all. real, especially cooking, and cooking's a pressure thing. I think that it, you know, really it helps. It can help you develop, you know, it some is. good new skills there. And speaking of, I mean, speaking of YU earlier, we work with their uh, Center for the Jewish Future. They have a leadership group, and we, we're there every semester, and we do a crepe making competition. So they work in Ooh. teams of three. And they have to learn. We show them how to make a crepe, and, and we guide them through a recipe. Then they're on their own to replicate it as a team. And you're talking about college students, so a lot of them don't have that much experience in the kitchen. Right, right. And uh, they find their way, and they have to de- depend on one another to do that. Crepe is a whole art form in itself. It is. <laughs> I love to make crepes. People yeah, think fun. I'm crazy. It's, a, it's a, um, an exercise in patience. Patience, also timing. And uh, wrist skills on touch. how to... How to swirl that batter just evenly across the bottom of the pan. Exactly. Get a nice round shape, knowing when it's time, whacking it just right, and, of course, flipping it. Uh, I don't flip mine. You don't flip. Yeah. Some people don't flip. Yeah, Depends on what you're I'm not a flipper. <laughs> I make thousands of them for Pesach. Wow, thousands. Yeah. yeah it's a good Maybe idea. hundreds. Let's, let's be real. Hundreds. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but really hundreds for right. Pesach. So. Okay. Okay, so let's talk about some of the different courses that you have to offer. Okay. Besides the, you know, you've got professional professional uh, classes. Right, we have a culinary and a pastry program, and we actually just extended our culinary program. It used to be 38 class series, 152 hours. Now it's 200 hours, and it's um, 50 classes. And the reason, the biggest feedback we got from students is we wish it would be longer. And the only reason wow. why we keep it shorter is to keep the expense down. But we figured, you know what? Let's do something a bit longer. Let's get some more advanced techniques in there. And so this fall is the first time we'll be doing that. Now, is, I, I actually took it from the website. Okay. Um, it says culin- culinary fundamentals, right? So this is some of the stuff that you're teaching. Right. So, you know, you're walking out with such a vast, you know, 
uh, array of knowledge after this and skills. Exactly. So knife skills, chemistry of cooking. That's one of my favorite things. Right. Um, cooking methods and their applications, stocks and soups and stews, egg cookery. Egg cookery. Um, what's that? Well, that's... How to make the perfect scrambled egg? Well, the eggs are fundamental to lots of different things. Um, <laughs> you, obviously, you can serve them by themselves, but they're also component in many different in many different dishes. Like creme brulee, which is a right, very a custard, big, which, which is a custard. custard. Yeah. So we teach them uh, We teach them about the ingredient itself, how, um, where eggs, well, everyone knows eggs come from chickens, <laughs> it comes but they, from don't know chicken. they, they don't know necessarily um, the process behind, the man, you know, the farming of, of, chick, of chicken eggs. <laughs> really? It doesn't sound very poetic. No, but. no, no, but no, it's, it's great because you're giving us, you, as we said, we, the history of how they came to the table. You know? Right. Every ingredient, we feel that the students should be aware of where they come from, how they're graded, um, uh, what the difference is, their weight. These are all things that are very important if you're going to do something commercially. Like I often find a recipe will call for one egg. Well, what size egg are we talking right, about? Right, right, right. Quite often, the beginning of the cookbook, sometimes it'll say in this cookbook, we re every egg we refer to is right. medium or extra large. But sometimes. sometimes it doesn't do that. In the trade, the, the best thing to do is really go by weight. And that's uh, something that we stress to our students. A lot right. of people at home like to use volume measurements. Yeah, as I'm, I'm a volume. Um, and it's all, it depends on what you're comfortable with. But in something like baking, where precision is very important, right. weight is certainly one of the ways to I've go. seen some professional cookbooks, and they'll say, you know... In, Three ounces of, well, three exactly. ounces, not a lot, eight ounces of flour or right. something. So we think of that as one cup, but it's not really one cup. Well, well one of the when exercises we do in, in our class in, in one of the first days is we tell three different people to measure out a cup of flour. Okay. And oh, interesting. that's all we tell them, and they go off and they do it. They can take any device that they want, a, a dry measuring cup, a wet measuring cup, they can whatever they, they, they want to do. And then we come back, and we see what they do, and then we weigh each of those supposed cups of flour, and they're always different, different right? Because depending on how you put it into the the, 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 the cup, depending on um, how if you pack it or not, right. depending on how you you just get it going, will vary um, how much that cup weighs. And so, therefore, obviously, the purpose is to, to show that weight is a more accurate. I always, when I give a cooking class, I always show, especially to kids. I always show them, there's a, usually a big bowl of flour, and I take a, a dry measuring cup, which is, you know, the one, like it's like the scoop one, right? right. If I could describe it without uh, seeing it, showing it to the listeners. So I grab the, the measuring cup, and I kind of like scoop the flour, and it's got a peak. I go, girls, is this one cup of flour? And they're like, most of them, thank God, say, no. Right. And then I level it off with my hand, and then I go, is this a proper cup? And they go, yes. But I show them like a measuring jug is for oil and orange juice, and you shouldn't dry and wet. Uh, dry and dry wet. wet. You shouldn't use the jug for you know the liquid one to measure out the flour. Right. And some people, what you're telling me is you scooped it out with the device. And some people will take another device and spoon it into the cup. There you go. And then level it off, and that's their cup. So the right. point is that there's a lot of um, variation with. And, and with measuring. baking, you really need to get it right. You know, yeah. a recipe for meat, so you throw in more garlic, a little bit more a little uh, bit this, spices, a bit you know. Exactly. But with baking, it's really, it's a science. It is a science. And, and you, you know, teach the students and guide the students and learn. They should learn how to, how to do all that properly. Exactly. And that's what we do. Right. And I, I see you also do butchering. We do butchery. We do uh, beef butchery, veal butchery, lamb butchery, chicken butchery, uh, poultry butchery, and fish butchery. 
So the students will have hands-on experience doing all of that. Right. I would love to learn how to butcher a side of a cow. Side, I know that, 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 that would, like, freak a lot of people out, but um, I'm a big meat eater. And, you know, I, I can look usually at a cut of meat and tell about where right. it's from. But, but it's very important, especially if you're going to do it as a trade, to know where on the animal it comes from. Right. Because that will determine how you use that piece right. of meat. and how to get the best the best use. Best use of And also in, in the average kosher supermarket, the way things are labeled is often misleading. Um, and it's not standardized. So we want our students to know and our graduates to know exactly what they're getting when they buy it. Right. Right. So you're getting a, a really a full course there. You, you can walk out of there. Do you help with job placement? Absolutely. Now okay. we have where, where are some of your students gone off to? Anyone anyone working somewhere big? Um, our students have gone off to most of the restaurants you could probably think of in New York. We have people who go to various different forms. We have people like yourself who go off and do personal chef work. Right. We have people who choose the restaurant side of the business, which is perhaps the most intensive and the most demanding in terms of time. Right. We have people who work in the catering side of things. We have people who have opened their own businesses. Yeah. Uh, one comes to mind, Avi Roth, who was one of, in one of our first classes, opened uh, Gotham Burgers, which is oh, now T-Neck. Oh, and I'm also like, on the I know that website. name sounds really familiar. Oh, he's trained by you? He's one of our graduates. Wow. That's right. Yeah, here it's quite popular. They're doing We've great. We've been talking a lot about burgers in the last couple of months. Yeah, burgers are, are big, and he's, he's doing it, and he's doing it well. I think well. burgers have made a big comeback. Uh, absolutely. You know, it's not just a burger anymore. It's like well, it's a been, burger. Yeah, it's been elevated to the status of something sophisticated. Right. Depending on how it's prepared and what you put in it, what kind of meat. Right. We, Shifra Klein and I were talking about, like you should, like she had in her latest edition of Joy of Kosher, make your own patties. Like don't buy the chopped meat, grind your own meat. Right. By There's, using chuck. There we go, back to chuck again. Yeah, and it depends on the percentage of meat to fat. fat yeah. Um, and, what, and where you're pulling it from. And a lot of the most um, beloved burger chains have a proprietary blend. They take a certain percentage from this part of the animal and a certain percentage from that part of the animal. Right. And it comes, they come up with their own patty that tastes like nothing else. Yeah, I actually had last night, I made a little barbecue, um, and I had um, from Jack's, I bought some Jack's Gourmet Sausages, but yeah, I Jack's didn't buy this. a friend of mine. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. Um, he's been a guest on the show a couple of times. Yeah. And um, I hadn't had the burgers yet. So right. I went and I got um, the uh, chorizo. 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 I know I say it's so bad. <laughs> but it was hot. It's it was spicy. very spicy. It's a spicy blend. Delicious. It was delicious. And it, I know it's like much healthier because it doesn't have all the other junk in it. No MSG and no fillers and stuff. It was It's good, high quality meat. Right. A lot of flavor. It was a little bit too hot for me. But what I did was... I put it with coleslaw in a burger, ah. the sweet wet of the coleslaw, and this chorizo. 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 <laughs> burger was amazing. So thank you, Alan and Jack. Yeah, that's a classic combination right there. So that was really good. Um, yeah, so uh, we were just talking about burgers and, oh, talking about cuts of meat and stuff. Yeah. What is the trendiest food item? You know, we're talking about how burgers have been elevated because we're becoming better foodies. Right. What's the latest trend in, in, in kosher ingredients or, you know? Well, I think actually that it's barbecue. Yeah. We were speaking That's about it earlier, but I think that barbecue is probably where it's at. Um, there's a there's there's new vendors selling it where before you couldn't get it anywhere. Right. Uh, we've worked with Ari White. Of, uh, 
I stalk I him. Everybody knows. I'm going to just, let's just give Ari a little shout out. Okay. Besides, he was also written up in some magazine recently. I can't remember. Yeah. The New York magazine as one of the best eats in New York, his turkey drumstick. Yes. And um, we've done, we've, we do a collaborative class with him. Yeah. Um, at his commissary where it's an all-you-could-eat barbecue buffet, but it's <laughs> also a chance for people who are enthusiasts to basically just pick his brain. It's at yeah. his commissary, and um, it gives people the opportunity to eat and to find out how to do these things right. for themselves at home. He, he's, he's amazing. He's been, he's he's been on the show a lot. Um, great. He, he's actually coming to the five towns to my neighborhood. I just want to um, give that a little uh, shout-out. He is coming. It's called, they called it the Fleischfest. I like um, it. He, uh, it the, all proceeds are going to Priority One, a very worthy cause. Um, helps uh, teenagers who are in a little bit of trouble. I don't know what the best way to say it, politically correct. And it just helps them stay on track. Um, so it's definitely a great, um, you know, great cause. I, I, I said bringing the queue to you in the five towns um, at the home of Usher and Ashira Shapansky. I hope I'm saying their name right. August 14th at 7.30. P.M.? P.M. Okay. And I, I think I'm not 100% sure that it's men only. I'm not 100% sure. Don't you, I'll be doing a drive-by. I'm, okay. I, I'm friends with, uh, well, you know, friendly ish with Ari, so I'm going to have to do a little drive-by. Of course, I'll make a nice little donation. Of course. Um, but if you want more information, at 516-295-5700 or fleischfest at gmail.com. Uh, they spelled Fleisch, F-L-E-I-S-H, fest, at gmail.com. So give them a call. Um, that, that's a... Sounds cool. Little shout out to Ari. Sounds exciting. And, yeah, he's he's really brought barbecuing to the next level for you know the New York. Yeah, he's from Texas. Tri-state area. And he offers a, a bit of authenticity that perhaps um, was lacking before. And he's all over the place. He takes his giant rig to all the street fairs, and he's got a, a following. He's like the Pied Piper. Of meat. I, I follow him. I've had so many. I think I need Lipitor. <laughs> From all that delicious pulled brisket. Yeah, and I didn't know that – I knew about the Long Island barbecue competition, and I knew there's one in Dallas, but I didn't know there was one also in Kansas City, yeah. which is one of the meccas for barbecue. Right, and you and know – And that's great to find out. There's also a kosher one in Alabama. Really? Go, go figure. Who knew that there were two there? there? I know I sound like a New Yorker. So <laughs> provincial. Um, but apparently there's a kosher one in Alabama also, and, and there's one in Atlanta, I think. Really? Yeah. Wow. So there's like apparently six or seven kosher barbecues. Um, competition in the circuit, in the kosher barbecue no circuit. Yeah, who knew, I, right? That's great. We do a class on barbecue, and um, I mean, it's the summer. It's uh, it's certainly seasonal. Cooking outdoors is one of my favorite things Love it. I cook in winter in the snow. Outdoors? Outdoors. I've okay. been known to shovel my back steps. And, throwing and use on the, the grill. grill. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, yeah. I'm, hardcore. I'm serious. Yeah, hardcore. <laughs> I'm an Aussie. I'm an Aussie. We love our barbecue. It's big in Australia. It's big in Australia, but I don't think they're so into the smoking thing. Right, it's more like cooking over live fire. Live fire. Also, well, you know, I have not really done that. <laughs> My parents have a barbecue, and you barbecue a lot. Um, you take your portable grill, and you set up a picnic, and you throw some bangers. Bangers, Bangers right. are sausages. Sausages. So, we, you know, you throw some bangers on the barbie. Not sh- shrimp. Not, not shrimp, because no, we're we kosher. No. Um, but bangers on the barbie, and you pour some beer over the the. Okay. The sausages where they cook. Now we're talking. It's a nice flavor, yeah. Not Foster's, so, though. Not Foster's. Foster's the one we let out of the country because it's <laughs> right. not so good. We keep the rest in. But I must say, I'm a fan of Cool's Light. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> not such a big beer drinker. Good enough. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, the most exotic. Okay. So we spoke about the most exotic. So the most exotic now is these 
pulled barbecue sandwiches. Love it with some coleslaw in them. Go find Ari White on his website to try some or try it making it yourself. It's, you know, yeah, it's learn the simple. art. Go to Jesse's Cooking School in, uh, in KCA. Yeah. You can have some classes. Absolutely. Um, just quickly, we're, we're starting to end the show, but I okay. wanted to, um, what's molecular cooking? These are questions that I know people have asked me, so I'm going to ask you. Okay, so what is often called either molecular gastronomy yes, that's or the word. Um, what the preferred term for a lot of people who are actually doing it, a modernist cuisine, mm. it's basically bringing a more scientific approach to cooking. So it's the use of some advanced technology. Um, the types of things that allow you to have more precise results. Um, it's using some um, chemicals, um, manufactured chemicals that were previously not used in cooking. Is perhaps. it healthy? It, it could be healthy. When you hear chemicals, like you know. Well, think of it like this: uh, like baking powder, right? Okay, baking that's powder a chemical. Is a chemical, but okay. it's so it's something that you wouldn't. You wouldn't scoff at it. It's something that people are right. very familiar with. Right, put them with. in the chocolate chip cookie. Right, you know? but uh, that then you take something like xanthan gum, and people think, oh, what the, what is xanthan gum? Yeah, I've what never is, heard of that. Yeah. Xanthan gum, it's I believe. It's on the back of the packages. It is, and I believe it's derived from actually a living creature, a very small living creature. I, I won't go into details because I'm not exactly sure, but it's something that is now often used as a thickener in certain types of sauces, and it gives you the um, ability to thicken things and get textures that you previously were not able to do. So it's the kind of thing where um, one of the people who's spearheading this is uh, he was formerly an executive at Microsoft. Yeah, and okay. he And he is obviously very big into technology, and he had the resources to pursue this, and he built a giant lab, and he published a six, like a six-volume, thousands-of-page uh, basically dedication to modernist cuisine, going into detail on all different types of technology. And there's a lot of things people could do at home, and I think you'll find going forward, especially in the next few years, things like, have you heard of sous vide cooking perhaps? What? Say that again? Sous vide. Okay, I've heard of it. Okay. Somebody asked me better. I know nothing, so why don't you fill us in? Well, sous vide cooking is when you take food, could be meat, could be fish, could be vegetables, and you pack it uh, using a vacuum packing machine. Oh, yes. Yeah, you right. know who told me? Avram, Chef Avram Weissman. At, my, uh, at your cooking Avram, school. Avram. He showed it to me um, yes. when, oh, right, we, when, when we, we were, were there. there for Chopped. So we have a vacuum pack machine, and it basically takes all the oxygen out of the packaging. You've seen this before, of course, if you buy deli meats or you buy yeah. a lot of things are packed Bombies, like it yeah. in the market. It allows you to um, it prevent spoilage, but it also has the advantage of – it's like instantly you can instantly pickle something using vacuum packing because it forces the liquid and the seasoning and all, anything you have in the bag directly into the product. Can so it's a great way to marinate. It's a great way to um, meld flavors very quickly. And then the other part of sous vide is something called uh, well, it's, it's a it's a uh, an immersion circulator, and that's just a fancy term for a water bath. Okay, it's like a bain marie. Yeah, you have a you have a container and you have this device and the device regulates the temperature of the water so you can keep an even temperature. And what it allows people to do, one of the things, is you can cook a piece of meat at the same temperature for like 72 hours. And so if you take a big piece of short rib, right? Yeah. And you put it in a water bath for 72 hours at a low temperature, it'll give you the texture of a steak, but it has the flavor and the fat content of short ribs. So you're getting, you're able to manipulate ingredients in ways that were not possible before. 
And Sounds another reason. Fascinating. It, it, it's fascinating. Some people, you know, I think it's the kind of thing that has to grow on people. Are you giving classes on this yet? We do. We've incorporated it into our professional training I programs. I would love to um, come to that. A lot of some of the more creative chefs are implementing it in some kosher restaurants. You find it across the board in fine dining, especially here in New York. Chefs love it because you can basically have uh, you can have anybody executing your food because basically the food is cooked to that temperature. It can't exceed that temperature. So you have consistent results. And consistency is, as we know, one of the yeah, most important the aspects game. of commercial cooking. Yeah, yeah. It has to taste the same from Monday to Tuesday. Right, to right. So well, we, I have had such an education today. <laughs> Thank you. You didn't even have to come to the school. I didn't come to the school. <laughs> Jesse was so nice to come in on a Friday morning to ask uh, so we really want to thank you for coming in and My sitting pleasure. through the, the whole hour with us. So, you know, you uh, heard from everybody and we chit-chatted with with our yeah. other guests, Yosef Silva and uh, Judy Goldrich, the winner from the uh, ch- the, the latest Cholent Cook-Off kosher competition uh, in Orlando last week. Um, so we have quite a few food adventures going on right now. I believe you can even sign up for Kosher Fest. Kosher Fest time is coming up. Kosher Fest is coming up. Yeah, um, I, I wrote down here October 29th and 30th in the Meadowlands again. Uh, yes, it's always in the the Meadowlands Exposition Center in New Jersey. In I, I remember when it was in Manhattan. That was such a pleasure. It was for me coming from Long Island, and it's a little bit of a schlep to go from New Jersey from Long Island to, to New, New Jersey. Jersey, but worth it. Oh, absolutely. I always enjoy and schmoozing with everybody. Um, my, it's my big schmooze fest, and I like to see what's going on the latest new foods coming out uh, in uh, kosher. Um, Also, uh, so you can sign up for that online already. I'm going to try to get some of the people from uh, Kosher Fest to come on the show in a couple of weeks. Also coming up in the next couple of weeks, you've got a kid going to Israel. We're going to have a show about that, preparing your kid for Israel for recipes, giving them some recipes. I've actually got a, uh, I don't want to call it a cookbook. I'm going to call it a cookbooklet (laughs) that I put together um, it's about cooking when you're either going to Stern or if you're going to college camp or somewhere in the United States, and especially if you're going to Israel. And I know the boys get a lot of their meals, but the girls don't get a lot of their meals. So if you're one of my kosher cookbooks, they're $5. Um, so you can just send me an email and I'll get that out to you. Um, so that's uh, coming up in a couple of weeks. I'm going to have a, a nutritionist and a student, uh, Daphna Weingarten, who was in MMY last year. She had to cook for herself and the recipes that she uh, came up with. Um, so we're really excited to have them on. Um, just want to say good Shabbos to everyone. I will be on hiatus next week because, as you all heard at the beginning of the show, I'm going to be in Florida, and I'm waiting to hear back from you all uh, where I should be eating. My mum's here, so we're going to go with her to Florida, and we're going to check out all those restaurants. So wishing everybody a Shabbat Shalom, and uh, we'll catch up with you in a couple of weeks. And we've got music all the way up to Lichbenching, so please stay on and dance and cook away uh, as we prepare for Shabbat. Shabbat shalom, everybody.